Hello, and welcome to the Geeky MKG Show. I am your host, Michael Kennedy Gauthier, a.k.a. Geeky MKG. Welcome. Happy you clicked on this beautiful podcast. Uh, Considering this is the first episode of a new podcast, I'm guessing I know you personally, so thank you. If I don't, fuck, welcome to the show. Welcome to this... uh, Utopia of geekiness, where I'm going to talk video games by myself, alone, in my room, each and every week. Now I'm depressed. Alright, I have tried this before. Uh, Last year, I tried to launch this podcast. Uh, Health wasn't there, motivation wasn't there, so I just switched and went and kind of wandered for a year. Let's put it that way. Just did, didn't do much, played some games, chilled. Before we get into the weekly subject that you probably saw in the title today, the five games that mark my childhood, I will invite you to go on your favorite or least favorite social medias and look for the Michael KG. I'm right there. Give me a follow. I'll post some nerdy stuff. Might post some singing videos sometimes. Who knows? Chaos. That's what I enjoy. Uh, although... Twitter, like I said, I enjoy chaos. Twitter will be uh, GeekyMKG because Mr. Musk doesn't fucking want me to change it. What a, what a villain. What a villain. Anyways, let's get into it. The five games that marked my childhood. I've played games since I can remember. Um, this comes from my dad, uh, my dad and my mom too, but I, I've mainly memories about my dad, me being like one of my first memory ever is my dad sitting on the floor, um, playing the PS1, uh, playing some Crash Bandicoot 2, if I remember correctly, and me just sitting between his leg, just looking at the screen, fascinated, uh, by what was happening in front of me. It, it's, I've always had a fascination with video games. I've always loved those moving colors on the screen. And yeah, it's one of my earliest and fondest memories is just sitting uh, with my dad and looking at him play some, some games. The first game being Crash Bandicoot 2. And then for some reason playing some horror games and I was just be there and not terrified at all. It, it was fun. Uh, I did. It's one of the earliest memories, for real, and um, it it kind of marked uh, my love for video games. It defined my love of video games, and that's when everything started. And during that time, a bit, I was a bit older. You know, I've dabbled with video games, looking at my parents play games, my dad playing some PS One games, some Pokemon, my mom playing a fuck ton of Final Fantasy Seven, finishing it. And just being fascinated by that world, right? And at some point, my own, I started playing games. I started having fun. I started waking up at night when my parents were supposedly sleeping. uh, And going down to the living room and playing the PS1. That was, uh, I got a lot of shit from that. A lot of shit from my parents for that. But hey, I couldn't get enough. So let's get to the first game. The first game that really marked my childhood is Crash Bandicoot 3, Warped. 
I've played a lot of, I said, the first game that I saw my dad play, Crash Bandicoot 2. But Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped is really, it's the first game I've ever finished. Um, and I've, since then, I've finished that game many, many times. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Crash Bandicoot is a series, a platformer series uh, that started on the PS1, developed by the amazing team at Naughty Dog. And they just, something about that world really just clicked with me. Was it just looking at my dad playing the uh, the game before? Maybe. But I just know that I enjoy the way the game feels, the, the, the sharpness of platforming, like... The, the puzzle that comes with platforming has always been fun to me and still fun to this day. It's still, it, it defines how I play games right now. A good 3D, 2D platformer is always going to get my attention. Um, and yeah, Crash Bandicoot 3 was really that first game for me that kind of connected me to video games and a hobby and slowly developed it into a passion. Um, I just couldn't get enough, man. Um, it's The game itself is kind of like a time travel type of game um, where you go, the levels are set in different time uh, settings and stuff like that. And you just go with your dumbass bandicoot and go through, collect some stuff and just, you know, finish the level, have fun, beat villains. A very classic experience, but an experience that really marked um, my childhood as one of the first games I've ever played. Um, then afterwards, my taste developed a bit. It changed. Um, not that much, but I wanted something else. I wanted... Uh, I, obviously, I was still a kid, so I didn't want to go into fucking deep goddamn RPGs or stuff like that. But I got my hands, my parent, my dad, went to a trip to a nearby city, because I come from a village, and went to a trip to, to visit my cousin at a nearby city. And on the way back, my dad bought me a Game Boy. Uh, and I got Pokemon Crystal with it. That's the second game that marked my childhood. Not because I've played a fuck ton of it. Only because I can remember being stuck to that Game Boy and just fascinated by the creatures that I was capturing, the creatures that I was helping, and, and just visiting the world and seeing new, new Pokemons everywhere I would look. That, for me, was beautiful. You know, it was crazy to look at that and be like, wow, there's, that's something we can do with video games that's so big. And... The thing that marked me the most about that Pokemon game particularly is the fact that I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out where to go after the first city. Um, so for those that don't know, in that game, uh, there's a certain part where you have to use the cut, t cut move on a specific three, tree, tree, there we go. One of those words I have trouble with. And... My dumb child brain <laughs> could not figure it out. And I spent so many times just leveling up in the earlier area, beating a fuck ton of Hoot Hoot and a ferret-looking Pokemon. And at some point, I don't know, I figured it out. I think, I don't remember what happened, but I figured it out. And I was like, wow, 
ah, this game. But, but I have such a memory of that part there, of spending time in the car, spending time at home, just leveling up my Pokemon really fucking weak-ass <laughs> creatures at the beginning of the game, just because I didn't know where to go. I don't think I even found the uh, the cut move yet. And then I couldn't figure it out. What is the tree I'm supposed to use it on? Like, my brain could not figure it out at that point. But, like, I, I, I'm smiling right now because it's just such a happy memory. It's such a... Started a love for me of the Pokemon series ever since. Still, I haven't played the latest one. But, um, I'm, I adore. Fucking adore Pokemon. And it's definitely due to that little moment there. Next. Couple of years later, you know, dabble with a couple of PS1 games. Uh, but then my dad buys the PS2. Man, what a what a jump! What a jump in in graphics, gameplay, and everything. What a beautiful jump! But there was a thing at that time uh, that I always had an issue with. Uh, with video games, I didn't speak English. I'm a French-Canadian kid. I spoke French. My parents spoke French. Understanding a bit of English, but I didn't speak English at all. This is going to set you up for something. Uh, and then we continue. My mom, like I mentioned earlier, played and loved Final Fantasy VII. Uh, with all her heart, I'm sure she still has some fun memories of it. And with the PS2, a game called Final Fantasy X released. And man, I was fascinated by it. I was looking at my mom play it and I was like, I have to play this. This looks crazy. The characters are talking on the screen. What is this? So I started. I started playing and I could not for the life of me understand what was happening um there was a couple of times that my uh, i think it was my mom and my dad one or the other they had like a dictionary a french to english dictionary and they will help me in the game trying to find um where to go what does that word mean what does this mean and that kind of started my um my it started me learning english it started me like fuck with that sentence, it doesn't sound like I learned shit, but... <laughs> Jesus. I... I started understanding English a bit more. And Final Fantasy X marked my childhood that way. It allowed me to play, to learn English. That and TV shows allowed me to learn English properly instead of sounding like a dumbass. <laughs> that was important to me. As the year came on, as I moved to Montreal, a half, a city that speaks half English, it was important for me. Those video games, and especially Final Fantasy X, was really important in my life to learn a new language. And then the game itself was such a complicated game at the time for me. You know, I played Crash Bandicoot, I played Pokemon Crystal. Those are simple games. Uh, Pokemon is like the baby's RPG, right? But that game was deeper. There was a big grid. You could, there was many characters. You could have summons uh, that would replace your party members. Stuff like that. That was just crazy. And I, I have a particular memory of 
um, playing Final Fantasy X and being stuck at a boss and for the life of me could not move through that boss. I tried everything. And that's when I learned about the concept of grinding in RPGs. You have to stay around in certain places and grind levels so you can get to, you know, a better a better level, a better power level, so you can actually beat the boss you're trying to beat. And that's the first time I played Final Fantasy X, and just that's when that gameplay finished, that run-through, that walk-through finished, because I was like, I can't I can finish this. <laughs> I can't beat that boss. I can't for the life of me beat that boss. And I could not understand the principle of grinding. But this game, Final Fantasy X, really started my love for GRPGs. Pokemon put the seed, but Final Fantasy then really like, oh my god. I love this type of game that really puts you in the world and lets you be those characters and grow with those characters. And that was really important to me. Next, game number four. Um, game number four might, might be weird, um, considering we've talked about classic and everything. But this game is probably one of the games I've played the most in my life. Almost one of the games I played the most in my life. There's one that uh, is a bit over it. And that game is WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2008. I've always loved wrestling. Another thing that comes from my dad. Um, I adore professional wrestling. I've played most of the games that ever came out. <laughs> Uh, from WWE, from TNA, from any any companies, I usually I've played the game, just because I have such fond memories of wrestling games. But that game is in particular. I was in a level where I understood basic English. I was at a point where I could get what was happening. I was in like um, secondary two, I think, uh, which I don't know what the grade is in uh, American. Uh, but here it's about like thing nine grade. Eight, nine grade about. Um, and that game came out, bought it for the PS2, and had the fun of my fucking life. Uh, it really cemented the love for me for professional wrestling, which I explored later in my life when I tried to become a professional wrestler, but got concussed out of my sweet fucking mind. That's a story for another time. Um, but that game in particular, it was what really attracted me to that game is two things there was a really deep my career mode where you could just play as whatever wrestler you wanted or create your own and go through a really weird story uh, that you would go that you could you know explore the, the wwe with it uh, win championship make alliances make tag team fight legends stuff like that and then you had the other mode that was my gm i don't remember if it was the name at the time but um it was a thing where you took care of your own brand. You just like, for example, Raw and SmackDown, you could like recruit wrestler and set up shows with them and get raided on them. And for some reason, my little kid's mind was like, oh my God, I can just go and go crazy with that game. And the other aspect of a professional wrestling game that really connects with me and really marks the, my childhood is... Um, the gameplay itself, the arcadey yet simulated feel of those games 
really worked with me. There's something that's just fun about a wrestling game. A well-executed wrestling game always works for me. It's like any type of well-executed sports game. It's fun. It's competitive. It's just it's beating someone else and having fun, right? And I think that's very important in uh, video games, especially sports games. Lastly, lastly, um, the game that I've played the most in my life, I'm 100% sure of that. It's the game that I've spent the most time with. Um, and I want to thank a person that I'll never see again in my life is somebody that worked at a staple in a town close to my village. Um, the guy, I was going in there to buy an MMORPG. Uh, I think it was Guild Ward or something. And when I went into the store, the guy was like, you know what? I think you would enjoy that game more. And he pointed a beige looking case for PC. And it was a game called Elder Scroll IV Oblivion. I have played, modded, did so many things with that game. That game was so... It really showed me how big video games could be. Even today, Oblivion is still fucking big, man. It's a gigantic world. It's bigger than Skyrim ever was, which is the sequel to the game. And... Yeah, I want to thank that staple guy. Thank you for showing me that game. Because that game opened up my vision of video games. How big they could be. Final Fantasy proved that you could have deep story, big world, big alive world. This showed me the freedom you could have in video games. A beautiful, beautiful freedom. And I have played... Three, four hundred hours of that game for sure over the years. Um, I played it on PC so I could mod mod the fuck out of it. Um, like I had, you know, Final Fantasy characters in there. I had a Pokeball where you could capture fucking like citizen of the game or a guards that would run after you. You could just capture them with Pokeballs and sh the modding scene was so crazy to me at that time. As a teenager, it could... It really... Yeah, like I said, it really opened up that world to me. And also, at that time, I was living through some rough, rough times as far as, like, life went. Uh, my parents had just separated, and I kind of... Instead of doing hard drugs, which... I never did, but instead of doing drugs like weed and stuff like that, or drink alcohol, I immersed myself in that game and allow me, like, you know, escape from the reality that I didn't want to be in at that point. Um, so I'm extremely thankful to that game for, you know, helping me at that point in my life to escape whatever was happening uh, at that point. And obviously showing me how gigantic how beautiful video games could be um, so these were the five games that marked my childhood crash bandicoot 3 warped uh for introducing video games to me pokemon crystal for putting the seed of rpg in my life final fantasy 10 for helping me learn this okay language english you know, not too bad. 
WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 uh, for helping me develop my love for professional wrestling and video games and professional wrestling video games. And Helder Scroll for Oblivion shown me the power of escapism, but also shown me how gigantic and alive video games could be. So that was the subject this week, the five games that marred my childhood. Now I want to transition to what I've been playing. What I've been playing in the last week or so. I could do last year, but we don't have time for all of this. Um, I've been playing uh, this uh, weird Disney RPG thing called Kingdom Hearts 2. For those that know in the video game industry, this is an action RPG um, with Disney characters and just... Just a weird fucking complicated story that should make sense, but kind of does. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm having a ton of fun with Kingdom Hearts 2 right now. It is, <clears throat> you know, just exploring the world, uh, seeing which um, world is going to come next. Stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Hercules, Lilo and Stitch and shit like that. I was like, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. But it kind of does, and that's what I enjoy the most. I'm probably... <clears throat> sorry. I'm not used to monologue like that. Um, let's, let's, do, let's take a little, little water break. A little water. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry for that. Kingdom Hearts 2. Having fun. Enjoying it. Probably going to finish it. I feel like I'm... A bit more than halfway through. Hopefully, I'm almost halfway through. I'm, I'm about 20, 23 hours in. But having a lot of goddamn fun. Next, I'm playing a game that I'm going to cover on the show at some point uh, for a series that I'm going to launch. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk a bit about it, but then um, we'll transition uh, to the last game I've been playing. Ghosts of Tsushima. Fun game, fun samurai film inspired game uh, made by the amazing team at Sucker Punch. Um, I played Ghost Shima when it first came out, uh, finished like the first part of the game completely, like did everything that was in the first area you can visit and then stopped for some reason. Got bored, not sure what happened there. Um, but uh, I started replaying it right now. I had to I don't know, I, I felt like I wanted to uh, start replaying that game and explore that really interesting uh, environment. Uh, so just a quick synopsis. It's just, you play as a samurai who, you know, from uh, the island of Tsushima, and his island got invented, invaded by the Mongol army. And, you know, he was supposed to die with honor and stuff like that, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't die first. Uh, he was saved by a thief uh, that's slowly showing him that maybe being honorable and like a samurai is not going to help save his island. And, you know, you play an open world, open world action game. Uh, you've all played open world games. You know what that means. Uh, but I, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I can't wait to talk a bit more about it when I launch the episode about that. Lastly, uh, for the last year, I've been playing a wrestling game, the new WWE wrestling game, WWE 2K22, 
that came out last year and really revitalize uh, this series. Because uh, WWE 2K20 was fucking garbage. This is buggy. It sucked. Uh, control were not good. It was not fun to play. So when they repackaged this and even waited an extra year, they didn't release a sports game for a year, which is, as you know, if you played NHL, Madden, NBA, any of those games, it, they release every year. They kind of have to. And with that, with WWE 2K22, uh, they succeeded in like revitalizing the franchise. They kept what worked and they added a bunch of new stuff that just is just a bunch of fun, including a my faction, uh, a my faction like like ultimate team FIFA type of deal uh, where you have like wrestlers card and you, uh, you use them to you collect them and then use them in you know wrestling matches too. Uh, do better, <laughs> do better, you know what I mean, anyways, uh, so I'm enjoying the hell out of that, I'm excited, new one is coming out very, very soon, WWE 2K23 is coming out soon, I'm really excited for it, hopefully, uh, I won't be too poor at that point, and I'll be able to buy it, so this was the first episode of the Geeky MKG show, uh, what'd you think, uh, how you feel? First, you know, first time for this show. Um, I did a couple episodes last year, but we'll consider this the first time. Uh, let me know if you have comments, criticism. Uh, if you fucking love me or fucking hate me, please let me know. I'm on. I'm at the Michael KG everywhere on social medias except Twitter because Mr. Musk hates me. I'm geeky MKG over there. I will see you next week. Love you. Good day.